Hello and welcome to Meditate Yourself Happy, the show that helps you take back control of your thoughts and quiet in your mind. My name is Fiona Lamb and I will be your host. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of this podcast. I'm so excited to be recording this and to bring you little insights into my work and how meditation can help you and also how it's helped me. For those who don't know me, my name is Fiona Lamb and I'm a hypnotherapist and the creator and founder of Mind Detox Meditation app. Many people think of meditation as a scary word and something unobtainable, but everyone can get into this state. Not many people equate meditation to taking control of their unconscious mind. In this relaxed state, we are able to make changes on a fundamental level to how we think. In this podcast, I'm going to be working with people who are going through challenges right now to help them take back control of their lives by taking back control of their thoughts. I'm going to help them shift their mindsets in the hope that it helps you too. I will be chatting to experts and also people who have found happiness and success to gain an insight into their thinking and how they made this shift in their mindset. I'll be sharing practical tips and tools you can use to get the most of your meditation practice. So whether you're a seasoned pro or complete beginner, I hope you find something that helps you here. So a little bit more about me. I have worked as a hypnotherapist on Harley Street in London now for the last seven or eight years. Due to COVID, I moved everything online and this has led me to have more time to create content. I specialise in anxiety, addictions, emotional eating and insomnia. I work directly with people's unconscious mind to help them bring about changes in their everyday normal lives. I started this amazing journey having no idea on where it would take me. Over the years, I've worked with thousands of clients and done thousands of one-to-one. My opinions and advice has been quoted in press from The Telegraph to Cosmopolitan. I've worked with celebrities, magazine editors, influencers, and I just won an award for Hypnotherapist of the Year. And it's crazy how it's escalated and my business has grown as I have grown and worked through my unconscious blocks and fears. I used to suffer so badly with anxiety and insomnia, so I know what it feels like to feel limited, out of control, and like life is a battle. Before my training, I worked as a model for high street brands such as Speedo, Fat Face, Debenhams, M&S, and I would travel around feeling stressed out and have trouble sleeping. The pressure of the job, being away all the time, and having no real stability would really get to me. I found self-hypnosis recordings in the evening and they changed everything. I stocked up on CDs, this is showing how long ago this was now, and they worked so well that I decided that I wanted to help others by making my own recordings. Modelling had never been my passion and my background prior to this had been in psychology, human resources and business, so it felt like the perfect choice. No one really understood it at the time as it wasn't really seen as a profession and it was so misunderstood. As I trained, I discovered an analytical approach to hypnotherapy I didn't even know existed. 
I probably got lucky, if there is such a thing, as this isn't taught or practiced very widely. Even though it wasn't described to me like this at the time, it's basically using your imagination to help other people's imagination. I immediately loved it and wanted my work to be about helping people and making a difference. Through identifying my own fearful thoughts associated with the anxiety I was feeling, I was able to change my ideas and beliefs I had picked up throughout my younger years. I had tried CBT, other forms of hypnotherapy, medication, it felt like everything. And I've used myself as a guinea pig for these techniques and this has formed the basis of everything I now teach to others. I've been actively meditating now for only two or three years and this is when I saw a greater shift. I realised that in this state the same processes occur and you are able to gain control of your thoughts on a much deeper level. Meditating gave me a constant in life when everything else was inevitably changing. Meditating gave me a sense of calm and peace I didn't even know existed. I built a new reference point in my mind of how I wanted to feel and change what feelings were normal to me. I learned to gain control by actively choosing to let go of control. And if anyone's ever suffered with anxiety, they will know what it feels like to feel out of control, trying to control everything around us. So control is a huge one that I may even do a whole episode on. But meditation is simply letting go. It's letting go of all the resistance, all your cares, all your fears, and simply surrendering. I now know that I just have a very creative mind that was blocked with fears. I now focus my imagination on creating and feeling inspired every day to do what I love. The more I let go of outcomes and surrender to life just naturally unfolding, the more good seems to come my way. Our beliefs, fears and blocks just exist in the stories we tell ourselves internally. Logically we know how we want to be acting, reacting, thinking and feeling, but it's the emotional part of the mind, the unconscious emotions that brings us back into old thought patterns and ways of thinking. In a meditative state, you are able to break down these stories to create new ones. If you ever feel frustrated that you want to act and react in a certain way, but your reality is different, then it just means there's a misalignment there between your conscious mind and your unconscious mind. Every time you meditate, you reconnect the two. Many people feel scared of their unconscious mind, like it's too much to handle. But like I said, it's just essentially your imagination. Logically, the past no longer exists, neither does the future. What exists is what we project from our past experiences onto the unknown. To achieve a different outcome for our future, we need to change the ideas we have about ourselves, other people and the world. These ideas influence our thoughts, the words we say and the actions we take. When we are fueled and overwhelmed by suppressed and repressed emotions, our logic is impaired. The more we break down our limitations and fears, the more our rational thought processes can become dominant. 
What I have realized through the work that I've done is that even the people at the highest level who you think would be happy are struggling with some areas of their lives. The sports influencer with an eating disorder, the entrepreneur with money worries, the addiction lecturer with a nicotine gum addiction. What do you think about someone's life is not very often their reality at all. However much it seems like someone's got their shit together, many people don't. And that's why it's so important to be kind as you just don't know what someone's going through. I've learned that fundamentally we're all the same. We're all unique, but we're all the same. We all on a deep level want to feel loved, safe, supported, seen, heard and accepted. Safety is a huge one and I'll talk more about that in a little while. I've learned never to judge anyone. As if you uncover their past, there is always an explanation for why they think or act the way they do. The majority of the work I do, to put it very simply, is to relax people, work with their imagination and make them feel safe. Our minds are not as complicated as you may have been led to believe and the same feelings and states can be achieved through meditation. It's been amazing to see the shift in how compassion has grown over the years for mental health. When I started this, it was a taboo topic that people were afraid of. No one talked about the issues they faced. I remember self-development was called self-help in bookshops, and you would usually run in and out of it pretty quickly with your sunglasses on. Even though we still have a long way to go, the progression over the last few years has been amazing. We all have mental health, just like we all have physical health, and appreciation for our well-being is growing. Just as you take care of your physical health, your mental health also needs to be cared for. Your mind is your most powerful asset and tool. Its value as a resource that we should care for should never be underestimated. So many people spend so long trying to quieten their outside world, never realising that this is purely a reflection of their inside world. If we start by taking control of our internal noise, the external chaos will dissipate. The more peace we create in our minds, the more peace our lives will bring. This might sound so simple, but the quality of our thoughts determines the quality of our experiences. When we take power over our thoughts, This changes our behaviour and how we act and react. I'm a massive believer in the law of attraction. Emotion means energy in motion. Repetitive thoughts create energy that attracts things into our lives. The energy we put out into the world is reflected back to us. This isn't hippie stuff, this has been proven by neuroscience. And I really believe nothing happens by accident. If you are attracting the same situation over and over, it means you just need to change the thoughts and stories you are repeating to yourself. You can create your reality by deliberately choosing ways of thinking. Success and happiness don't happen by accident. And I'm going to teach you very simple ways of making small shifts that lead to big changes. Life was never meant to be a struggle and fight, 
And the more you release these internal battles, the greater changes you will see. When people think of meditation, they romanticize it slightly, but I want to simplify it for you today. I want you to call the process sitting or lying down, taking a moment away from the world and moving your attention away from automatic thought processes. It may be slightly longer, but I want you to know that it's not an unachievable state that you can't get into. When people say they struggle to meditate, they usually mean they struggle to let go, they struggle to relax or sit still. The more active someone's imagination, the busier those thoughts will be. Our minds like to wander into the what-ifs, thinking about what you should be doing, could be doing, would be doing, trying to predict worst-case scenarios, maybe all of the above. It's impossible to eliminate thoughts altogether. Our minds wander when we meditate, but it's just focusing our attention away from those resistant thoughts, our fearful thoughts. We can't choose every thought that we have, but we can choose the ones we pay attention to and what we let in. To put it simply, you are not your thoughts. If we change the way we think, we change what we pay attention to, we can change the way we feel. And if we change how we feel, we change what we experience in our actions. By creating space between you and your thoughts, you can build new habitual ways of thinking and new neural pathways that create the foundation of everything that you do. Once you realise you can control how you feel, you realise that you really are in control of your life. Through meditation we can shift our mindset to one of calm, clarity, confidence and compassion. We all have an imagination and for those who tell me they don't, I ask them if they worry. If someone is worrying, this is just their creative mind trying to predict what may go wrong. We are the only mammal able to enter a heightened state of awareness and fear based on thought alone. Research has shown that 90% of our thoughts are repetitive. If the majority of our thoughts are of fear, panic and worry, that's going to have a profound effect on the quality of our experiences. We continuously look for evidence to support our fears, which only exacerbates our worries and makes them worse. In order to make any changes, we need to break down these stories in the creative part of the mind. Some people's imagination is more predominant than others. And I have found this is the major difference in how people's minds work. Some people create more stories around events than others. Two people can go through the exact same incident and interpret it completely differently. I have worked with bankers, analysts, engineers who are predominantly rational-minded and also creatives, artists, actors and designers those who use more of their intuition to guide them. That said, we all have an imagination, but I have found those who suffer more are the creatives who simply build up more stories in their minds. Some people have more resistance to break down than others. Even the most logical, rational minds can pick up fear and limited thought processes. 
So what blocks us from being happy? Our creativity. And I've said this before, but how we see ourselves, how we see the world and how we see others all exists in the unconscious part of our mind. Fear really is the foundation of what blocks us and stops us from realising and achieving our potential. Many of us treat happiness like a final destination. When it's Friday, when I get my dream job, when I get into a relationship, when I reach a certain dress size or number on a scale. We chase happiness thinking it's something we need to work hard to get to and it only comes when something external changes. I want to show you that when you change your mind and get happy on the inside, using the creative part of the mind to your advantage, the world around you changes and you gain a sense of power over your life you didn't even know you could achieve. In meditation, you are able to redirect your focus away from old automatic ways of thinking. You are able to focus on ideas that are really going to serve you in a more positive way. Each time you do this, you break down old ways of thinking and you really do take control of internal thought processes. Our focus really is our most valuable asset and if something is really worrying us, it can feel counterproductive to move our focus away from it. Most people try to make changes when they are stressed out, but this is when you are least likely to be able to see things clearly. Cortisol and adrenaline is running through our bodies, and our mind is in a defensive, protective mode as we sense danger. Our thoughts are quick and we are highly alert. To make shifts on a deep level to thoughts, we must be relaxed and our defence is lowered. When you learn to focus your attention in a relaxed state, you gain control of your mind and everything else around you. There are so many different forms of meditation, but they all have one thing in common. With your eyes closed, you move your attention away from your everyday thoughts. I like to call the technique I use the creative mind method as it engages the imagination so much to bypass any logical rational thoughts. Remember if you always think like you have always thought, we will always get what we have always gotten. You cannot change by staying the same. And to speed up and accelerate any changes, meditation can be such a powerful tool. The power of your focus should never be underestimated and the power of your unconscious mind should never be undervalued. There is a saying that you can't see your reflection in running water. This is because when we are in everyday brain state, our mind is running on autopilot. We need to slow down to see things more clearly. We have four main brain states that we go in and out of on a daily basis. Beta, this is our everyday operating brain state with our eyes open. Alpha, this is when we engage the imagination a little bit more and we are daydreaming. This is when we zone out watching a TV show or reading a book. Theta, this is when our eyes are closed and all the energy and attention used to process information on the outside world is moved into our inside world. Delta. This is our sleeping state when our creative mind and unconscious fully take over. In brain scans, you will see that in beta, 
Our thoughts are very quick and spiky up and down. In theta, the brain waves are slower, softer and more cohesive. We actively go through all of these brain states when we wake up and when we go to sleep. To make changes to your unconscious mind, you do not need to be unconscious. There is no unconscious state that you can slip into when you meditate or undergo hypnotherapy. Science tells us that this just doesn't exist. To change this deeper part of the mind, you need to move your focus away from everything that's going on externally and engage the creative part of the mind. Theta state is associated with meditation, hypnotherapy and self-hypnosis. By entering this relaxed state between daydreaming and sleep, you are able to build new ways of thinking and break down old thought processes. We break down the old to make way for the new. As kids, we are primarily in this theta brain state, fueled mainly by our imagination. We have not yet established rational thought processes and have no stories in our minds to compare our experiences to. Our prefrontal cortex is not yet developed, neither are our full cognitive functions. We are observing the world and forming ideas and stories about how things are. These become our reference points for what we build the rest of our lives upon. As we become more analytical with age, we progress into beta brain states and the basis of our unconscious programming has already been established. A lot of our blocks and fears are established at a time that we didn't even know any better. Usually between the ages of 5 to 12, 13, when our minds are so much more open to suggestion and we are relaxed enough to let these ideas in. All my work in one-to-one sessions is about identifying and reframing these ideas, but a similar state can be achieved by breaking down thought processes in meditation. Like I said previously, even though we are all unique and we have all been through a unique set of experiences that has made us who we are today, there are some direct similarities in the ideas and beliefs that we pick up. If our sense of safety is impaired on any level, this can affect us in so many ways. Each time you meditate, you are activating the parasympathetic nervous system. This is the opposite to our fight or flight response. You are essentially overriding fear and creating safety in your mind. This creates a new foundation, a new reference point for you then to build everything else upon from a place of stability. This is not magic, brainwashing or hocus pocus. It just returns our mind to its natural state of peace, joy, happiness and freedom without limitations, without doubts and fear. So maybe seeing meditation now more as a mind reset to calibrate a new feeling of how you want to feel. For the best results, it's best practiced regularly as it has a cumulative effect. Each time you break down those old ways of thinking, you're restoring your mind to its natural, organic state. The word hypnosis has received a lot of bad press. 
mainly through hypnosis shows and misconceptions in the press and media that people can take control of people's minds. But those people who get up on stage and cluck like a chicken are consenting to be part of the show. They aren't using their logic. They act like a child in the playground because the speaker is talking to that playful part of their mind and they are going along with it. They have gone through a series of tests to see how resistant they are. Basically, to see how creative and willing they are to go along with the show. No one can go into this state and do anything they don't want to. Also, the word hypnosis got a bad reputation in Victorian ages, when hysteria was resolved by what seemed unexplained and mysterious. Neurologist John Charcot would use the imaginative part of the mind in a relaxed state to calm people who were going through hallucinations. He trained Freud, who also used hypnotherapy in his early work. Like him or not, Freud created the basis and foundation of what we know as therapy and psychoanalysis today. Freud used hypnotherapy and he was trained by hypnotherapists. If there was a mysterious way to control the mind, it would have become very clear. We know so much more these days and technology has advanced so much. Like I said, there is no magic here or hocus pocus. Arguably, this may not feel relevant, but I wanted you to understand the basis of how therapy and the uses of these techniques has developed. I attended a lecture at Goldsmiths University recently about the studies into this area. Hypnosis in a research setting is simply one's suggestibility to a temporary suggestion or idea. Suggestibility has shown no influence in the therapeutic implications of administering self-hypnosis something I would argue to be simply meditation. This may sound counterintuitive, but we don't meditate to make anything happen. We meditate to let go. When we let go into a relaxed state, our minds automatically know what to do. It can be hard to just let go, I get it, but the more you let go, the greater the effects. If your mind creates a problem and you don't know how, Your mind can create a solution and you don't need to figure that out with logic or reasoning. You just need to give the brain the right conditions to work it out itself. Think of the mind and meditation a little bit like a muscle. Every time you practice, the muscle gets stronger and stronger. Just to manage expectations here, nothing miraculous happens when you sit down and redirect your attention away from your thoughts. Changes don't come with our eyes closed, but when they are open. We just notice ourselves making different decisions and responding to others in a more objective way. We become less easily led by our emotions. We become less reactive and less defensive, and as I like to call it, less prickly. When we are ruled predominantly by fear, Our senses are heightened and we are on edge. We want to protect ourselves, so we become on guard. Softening our thoughts softens these feelings and we gain more of a go-with-the-flow attitude. We take things less personally and our minds open up to possibilities rather than problems. We break free of our self-imposed 
limiting beliefs. Take fleas for example. If they are placed in a jar and a lid is placed on that jar, the fleas will try to escape, but as soon as they learn the boundaries of the environment they're in, they stop trying. So even when the lid is removed, the fleas never attempt to jump out. That lid, that boundary, is something that they've learnt that's there, even when it's taken away. So our thinking conditions us a little bit like those fleas are conditioned in that jar. We create boundaries and limited ways of thinking that keeps us stuck in certain ways of operating. We don't realise we're placing these blocks on ourselves until our minds open up to new ways of thinking. If happiness and success were never mentally available to you before, we can automatically and unconsciously dismiss the idea. We can also self-sabotage when those opportunities come along, thinking it's unachievable, something reserved for others, but not us. We are all worthy of happiness. When you clear the mind, it's our natural state. For many it's been masked and hidden, but it's still there. For many they never got a chance to fully experience happiness as a child, or it got taken away from them, having to grow up too quickly. Under the layers, joy exists. Each time you release the struggle, you lift your well-being to a higher state. So the next time you think of meditation as just sitting there and doing nothing, I want you to think again. You do have power over your life and I can't wait to show you how. Like anything, meditation requires time, patience and being kind to yourself. But the time you take to work on your mental health will be the greatest investment you ever make. I can't wait to start this journey with you. Thank you for listening to Meditate Yourself Happy. For more information, you can visit fionalam.com and my meditation app, Mind Detox, is available in the App Store. Please follow and subscribe for the latest episodes and I hope to see you soon.